the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 96 of the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network. The polar vortex has passed. It's gone. Joining me is Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views. Connor, did you get caught up in the in the vortex? Were you were you were you able to dig yourself out of the of the Arctic blast that happened in Toronto? Listen, I don't know what it was like in Boston, but it was pretty rough here in Toronto. Like we, bad. yeah, um, I I don't know what it converts to in, in Fahrenheit, but it was like it felt like minus thirty five, sometimes even like minus forty degrees Celsius. Yeah. So I know I, I saw like Chicago was like minus 60 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that. Wind like chill. it was going to yeah. get up to that with the wind chill. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about, too. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell that was. But like this weekend is supposed to be, I guess, like I'm trying to convert into Fahrenheit, like maybe 30, 35 degrees Fahrenheit coming up this weekend. So um, you know, what a what a weird shift. Yeah, I mean, in time. yeah, it's uh, I don't want to get into politics here but you know climate change but anyways um oh yeah no no that doesn't the global warming isn't a thing because it's super cold oh, of course yeah you go outside right? it's cold yeah. Out. yeah um yeah when it's cold there's no global warming it doesn't make sense right global warming has to be warm right? has to be. <laughs> um but yeah no it was negative one fahrenheit here i want to say on wednesday or thursday it was bad That's all right. um there was something called a snow squirrel. I've never a squall, snow squall. Yeah. I've never heard yeah. of that term before. Like, really? I, yeah, dude. I call, I drive home and I see like on the freeway they have these like little warning signs, um, and it says you know prepare for a snow squall. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is a snow squall? So I come home, talk to my wife. I'm just like, have you ever heard of this term? She's like, yeah, but like I've never heard it as a warning here. And I was like, yeah, me either. So I guess it's just like a quick whiteout that lasts like maybe like twenty to thirty minutes. I guess. Yeah, it's it's basically like a like a massive like what combined with the wind like in the snow, it's just like a massive flurry of flurries. Yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. if you will, and like it's yeah, it's uh, it's kind it's kind of it's not like common here, but we we get it probably once a winter maybe. So, I mean, I saw the video of Toronto during the storm and. You know, people were still out on their bikes. Uh, buses oh, yeah. broke down on the side. You guys are, you guys are Vikings hey, out there. Uber Uber Eats doesn't sleep for no one, man. There you like, go. Those guys need to hustle on their bikes, and if if that's what it takes, these guys are out making a making a living. Good for them, but uh, yeah, Fair not on. my not my cup of tea, man. Jeez, I'll, I'll yeah. stay inside and and chill out. Not really Canadian of me, but I don't care. That's all right. I mean, like Serge was out. Serge had a video of himself walking around with his. Uh, with his camera out and talking about how cold it was, and he had a pretty dope scarf. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah, I like that little little Mafuzi chef fashion guy. Maybe that's what he can start as his next show, a little fashion show. Yeah, man. I mean, like, hey, the the polarities between where he grew up in the Congo to now in snowy Toronto. I mean, like, he's dealing with it. So, you know, if Serge get... can deal with this, so can Kawhi. So he can went Kawhi. to he went to Hamilton, which I is heard. just uh, which yeah, which uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but you know, it's a uh, it's a city about 45 minutes out of Toronto, and it's not it's not the it's not the greatest city. I mean, it's kind of it's 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 on the up and up, but it's still like a very poor city. 
Okay. I, I went to I went to school in in Hamilton, so I can kind of vouch for that. It's not the greatest, but uh, he went out there. He was smiling. It was brutal weather out there, so you know what? Kudos to him for at least like doing that and not hiding away. So I'll give him that. Well, the weather is brutal, and so was the Raptors' performance. Oh, uh, against good Milwaukee. Good segue. Um, I, like I know that. you want to get some stuff off your chest, but let me just you know set up the landscape here. Um, they lost in terrible fashion on Thursday. They are now second, like solidified second, in the Eastern Conference with a record of thirty-seven and sixteen. Uh, last time I checked, a game and a half behind the Bucks. Um, their shooting flaws have continued disastrously. Um, it's got me very concerned. So check this out. I, I know a lot of people like to focus on the threes because this is where the NBA is heading, so why not? Um, currently, they're ranked 19th in three-point percentage, three percentage at 35%, ranked 10th in attempts at 33.2, and they're also averaging 14 turnovers per game. Um, this has gotten me worried. They, they were very sloppy out the jump of that game. They looked ill-prepared. So I'm going to let you have the floor. I know you said you wanted to get some stuff off your chest, so I'm going to let you have the floor, and you can just go for it, bro. Yeah. Um, that was that. Like, I'm I'm very much, like, I, I feel that I could be a calm. Like, I've kind of always preached this every time I come onto the podcast, where I'll say to you, I feel like everyone just needs to, you know, step back, like, take, take a deep breath for a second, evaluate, like, it's going to be okay. Like, wait 24 hours, like, it'll be fine. No, fuck that. I'm pissed off. This, like, that was the, like, national TV screws with our heads. It gives us the yips. It it, yep. it it fucked with our team. Like, it was so embarrassing to watch as a Raptors fan. Seeing them go down 25, sure, they came back, but they had no business being in that game. Okay, Kyle Lowry, I don't know. I tweeted out, I think he had a concussion or something because his decision-making <laughs> was atrocious. Like, why are you passing to a guy who gets tipped? You pass back to him again. Like, it's not going to be like, a better result, man. It's going to get stripped. Right. Think with your head. Kawhi, off game, whatever. I'll deal with it because he's had a million great games for the Raptors. So uh, it's, it's fine. But if your star player has an off game, you need to step up. Giannis fouled out. That was your chance to seal the deal. Right? Did he fall out? I thought he had five. Giannis fouled out. He and, did. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. No, he. Sorry, he had he had five er, like early in the fourth, and they brought him right, out. And right. then I, I fuck. Now I can't remember if he fouled out. Now, now I don't I'm, think he did. I think he was still in the game. He had, he had five, but it was five early. It was like uh, ten minutes to go in the fourth, and he got the fifth yep. on Pascal. So he got he got brought out for what set? He didn't come back in until like the third minute, three minute mark mm-hmm. of the fourth, right? To essentially seal the deal, but. Uh, in my mind, you have them fouled out for seven minutes, right? There's your chance. You, you've put together this run in the end of the third quarter. There's your chance to absolutely stomp on Milwaukee and say, your leader's out. We're going to crush you right now. What do they do? No, they let they let themselves get bullied. They let the, the, the starters were lethargic. The bench could only do what they could do. They weren't even really that great either. I'm, I'm like... Oh, I was so frustrated. It was it was such an embarrassing performance. There's so many flaws that were exposed by this team. The three point shooting was, oh, that's and this is why I want to get a three point shooter, which is what we'll talk about later. But you know, I saw someone tweet out there like, "Get some shooting. This team is ass. Mm-hmm. Like some like this team needs shooting." And if Masai doesn't recognize that, which I'm sure he has. 
But if he doesn't address it, address it, then Kawhi is out the door. Yeah, he's he is not coming back. There's no way he's coming back. So you need to figure out something. You need to figure out something now. It's seltzer water, guys. Don't worry about it. Um, so, <laughs> um, look to, to your point of the Milwaukee starting five. So we got Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, Bledsoe, and Giannis. Every single one of them was in the plus column yep. of the Raptors starting five of Ibaka, Siakam, Leonard, Lowry, Green. Every single one of them was in the negative. Yep. Every single one of them. There was two members of the Raptors that were in the plus column, and that was Freddie and Norm. That's it. Yeah. So even given Pascal's you know, sort of comeback performance. He was still a negative 15, a minus 15, rather, for that game. Um, I think that you're right on a couple things. Um, I understand it's frustrating. I understand that this team hasn't lived up to the expectations as of late. Yep. Um, that They're performing very underwhelmingly, and it's gotten me concerned because the name of the game is shooting. And much like last year, my hesitation with this team coming in was we don't have adequate shooters. Now, on paper, that you want you want to say that Kyle Lowry is an adequate shooter, but his offense is just absent. It's gone. Um, yeah. I don't know if this has to do with the back injury. I, I it might, and I don't want to sort of zero that out because if it if his back is still bothering him, it's a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like pure shooters on the team, in the starting lineup at least, you have Danny Green, who's kind of struggling. You have Kawhi, and you have Serge, albeit you know mostly at the elbows, if not exclusively. So that's not going to win you anything. That's not really going to push the envelope. Um, Freddie's been struggling. He's so ball dominant, dude. And yeah. He has a difficult time getting rid of it. Um, the only two players on this team that have like really surprised me and that are pushing um, are Norm and Pascal. And that's not to say anything about Kawhi because you expect this type of performance by him. You expect him to be an all-star caliber player. So like, there's, there's no surprise there that he's performing well. There's no surprise to me that Danny Green is performing well. Yeah. Um, on the positive side, like I said, Norm and Pascal are surprising me with how well they're playing for them. Right. right. Pascal has exceeded expectations. Norm is playing, I think, outside of our expectations, like well and beyond those sure. um, compared to last year. Uh, but otherwise, this team is sort of floating and something needs to be done, uh, whether that means an addition at the trade deadline for a shooter, whether that means really shaking it up and going T- for T- Anthony T- Davis T- J. Warren. T- J. Warren. Yeah, or TJ T- Warren. Um, we'll talk about that, too. Something needs to be done. This this team as constructed as constructed is not capable of really pushing the envelope. And I saw a lot of people tweeting out, you know, I don't want to face Milwaukee in the playoffs. Well, given the Raptors' luck, that's what's going to happen. Yep. And if that happens in the second round, we are screwed. Toast. So what do you do? You have to acquire someone. And that means, sorry, Raptors fans, someone on this team is going to get traded. It has to happen. You have to acquire a shooter, whether it's off the bench as a role player, whether it's someone that's a a pure playmaker, you have to acquire someone because what we have right now as currently constructed, uh, currently constructed (laughs) is just not cutting it. You can tell I'm frustrated. Hey, listen, Hey, that's, I I stumbled over a couple words too, but I was like, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. Like I, I felt myself slipping into a mild depression watching. Now I can't even talk. 
like <laughs> when you know what I mean? Like it was it was very depressing watching that game and seeing go down by twenty five. And at one point, I was like, you know what? I know I have to talk about this in a couple of days, but I not I might not even watch the rest of this game. I mean, I'm so pissed off. I don't even want to support this team right now because right. I'm just so frustrated with this performance. It's it's disgusting. Like. You know, and and to me, you know, people might listen to say, okay, this guy's just being a homer and he's being, uh, he's being emotional. But I, like, I'm never like this. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's always saying, okay, let's let's evaluate everything, let's take some time. Like, it's 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 not as bad. Like, you're not as you're not as hot as your win streak. You're not as bad as your losing streak. Like, it's it's all okay. No, this there is something systematically wrong with the Toronto Raptors. And I thought it might fix with bringing Kawhi Leonard, but I still see the same problems I've seen over the last two, three years. Right? And, you know, you think Danny Green comes in, okay, shooting woes might change. Kawhi Leonard, he's, he, even though he's not like a three-point specialist, you know, he, he can still shoot the ball. And, um, you know, it's I, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm seeing the exact same things that I've seen over the last, you know, like I said, two, three years. It's not changing so to me, that's what worries me. That's what frustrates me. So what is Masai going to do now? Um, obviously, if you go out and get a guy like Anthony Davis, I, I think that that would be an unbelievable get. Is it going to happen? You know, to make a deal like that happen in the 11th hour? I mean, unless you're Chris Hasperzingas. Yeah. To make yeah. a deal like that, uh, it's 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 tough, right? It's it's very difficult. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of moving parts. And... Um, you know, uh, they, they might, they might hold out until the summer who knows. But, um, if you are the Toronto Raptors, there has, you, you cannot, there's certain guys that you can't keep on this team. There's certain guys you have to bring in. You have to change, you have to change that locker room right now because right now no one can hit a shot. Nobody can hit a shot. Unless, unless your name is Danny green where you're like 14th or 15th in the league and three point percentage, nobody can hit a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, you mentioned like, this could be a systematic flaw with the Raptors, and it might even be a fundamental flaw. Yeah, right. Right now, they're just not executing plays at a fundamental, rudimentary level, and that is something that is concerning to me because you mentioned that. And I don't want to pinpoint just one play, no. but it's sort of indicative of the way that the Raptors are playing. That that sequence when Kyle Lowry after halftime is dribbled down the court, and Kawhi is just smothered, and and Kyle's just sort of forcing the pass to get tipped. Yeah. Kyle got it back and then forced it again and then it got stolen for a fast break. That is just unacceptable. And like it, Kyle knows better to pick up the dribble and to force passes. That's what's bothering me. It's that a lot of these passes seem very forced. Yep. A lot of these passes seem very uh, ill-timed and j- just ill-advised because they're they're picking up their dribble uh, much quicker than they should. Um, the the game plan has become abundantly clear that they're forcing the ball to Kawhi. Um, I, I just don't know that you can you can do this. This is more egregious than it was with DeMar. Yeah. Because at least with DeMar, when they were, you know, everyone knew that the ball was going in DeMar's hand, at least those around him was were able to sort of pick up the slack. Like Kyle Lowry wasn't experiencing these shooting woes at this much of a length of time last year, right? If DeMar got trapped, there was some help with those around him. Mm-hmm. If Kawhi gets trapped this year, like this season rather, I don't know who's bailing him out. Like you can say Pascal Siakam, yeah, sure, but it shouldn't just come down to two players. It should be like an overall 
like the starting five should be adequate yeah in scoring and they're just not and and it takes specific plays for them to get going it takes specific plays like surge to his credit yeah it's money but it has to be at the top of the elbow otherwise i, I if it's not underneath i just don't want him really shooting anywhere was easy he, oh he's like oh of 18 from 3 2 i don't know why he keeps that's fine like don't three. shoot a 3 yeah that's that's I, yeah yeah so like like stop Stop! They're leaving you wide open for a reason, man. But what like, else are they gonna you, do? You think, you think you can take? Yeah, but don't. I I'm sorry. Be like JV from three years ago. Don't take that shot, man. Like you're not. And, and unless you feel like you're really feeling it, and you're not 0 of five already in the game, don't take that three, man. Like you know what I'm saying? That's it's 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 not. They're not making the right decisions and coming off a break like they did, and to put up. A brutal performance like that was so frustrating. Yeah, especially on national their, their TV. Decision making's not there. Passing like like Kyle Lowry's decision making not there. Serge Ibaka's decision making, if unless it was the first quarter where he seemed to hit every shot, wasn't there. Right. Uh, Pascal Siakam had a great game in my opinion. He's the only reason why the Raptors even made a resemblance of a comeback. But Norm Powell had a, a very good game too. But Fred VanVleet so ball dominant. Dish the ball, man. Don't go into the lane with four guys around you. There's other guys open if you're getting double teamed. Yeah, he's not Kyle Lowry of 2017. Right? He's just not. Exactly. So they're not, as as a team, they're not making the right decisions. So now that falls on Nick Nurse to say, all right, my boys aren't making the right decisions here. How am I going to fix this? So this is going to be a very interesting um next week or so or, or, or next when the next few games come because I know the all-star breaks gonna be coming up relatively soon. So in the next few games to see how Nick Nurse adjusts this team as currently constructed to have them making smarter decisions because that's something that you can control as a coach. You can't control if if shots go in or not. That's you that's out of your control. You don't shoot the ball, but you can set them up for success. So this is something that he's going to have to work on with his coaching staff and his players to rectify. Because right now I see something that can be solved as a coach, and he has to do it. I'd like to touch on Nick Nurse because I'm I'm wondering how much of this falls on his shoulders. And I do think there there's a decent amount, but not nearly as much as people are making it seem. Now look, I understand it's frustrating that a coach um, doesn't... Usually when there's flaws... On a team, it comes down to the head coach. That's sort of the recipe. Whether that's right or wrong, that's usually how it goes. Um, I don't know that this is a Nick Nurse problem because if we're talking about fundamentally the team being fundamentally flawed, that's not a Nurse problem. That's an on-the-court problem. Like Nick Nurse is not passing this ball. Nick Nurse is not forcing these passing, and I don't think Nick Nurse is encouraging the force of passing. But I do think Nick Nurse is sort of scheming this team incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk, this has been a, a, a common theme for me on Twitter. Like, he's very, very, very late Time to call timeouts. Yeah, we've, we've, both, we've both been on this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when teams go on runs, man, the opposition, the opposition goes on these crazy, crazy runs. And it takes them, like, two minutes later to call a timeout. And it's inexcusable. Like, momentum is a thing. In basketball, like the cliche goes, it's a game of runs. Well, you're giving this team runs. You're giving the opposition plenty of runs and plenty of time to create a huge disparity 
in the scoreboard, then you can't rely on a fourth-quarter comeback. That's what I think is happening, is that they're too reliant on a fourth-quarter comeback, and they're too reliant on... I mentioned this last week. Yes, it's a game of runs, but they're way too reliant on those runs. Like, give credit to Pascal Siakam for bringing the team back. I do. But it was him alone. Yeah. Right? It, It was based solely on... His run. And I understand you want to go with the hot hand. I get it. But if the other four members on the floor aren't contributing, this team will lose. Or if they're going to win, it's going to be very close. And they're not normally successful at closing out close games. So something needs to be done. Whether it's a scheme change, whether it's a, 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 a personnel change on the floor, like mix up the starting lineup, I don't know. But something needs to be done. You're, you're not wrong you're spot you're spot on and i I, th- I think we're both saying i think we're both saying the same things uh and, and we're both we both have the same general thoughts especially when it comes to like i i, I think i think with nick nurse we both kind of said the same thing i don't I, if if it's like three point shooting woes because they're not hitting the shots, that's that's not his fault if they're not hitting that's the not shots, him. right? Like right. you can't you know there's people are saying wow well mike boonholzer would have them hitting shots no he wouldn't he would, he would like, they, if they can't hit a shot, they can't hit a shot. Bud has shooters. That's why. Right? Bud has good shooters on Milwaukee Bucks. Right. He has we good shooters around shooters. Giannis. And then because Giannis brings the game inside, it gives them space on the outside to hit shots. Okay? Right. The, if, if Bud was on, was a coach of this team, he, yeah, sure, maybe he might have a little bit of different systems. He had a, a few shooters open for, for a half a second longer, but... It doesn't matter if they can't hit a shot. It's not the coach's problem. Um, my my point was more of just if if they're not making smart decisions, that's something that he can help alleviate. But if they're if they're not hitting shots, then he, what what is a coach to do? You can't do anything about that. Right. But um, I th- I do think that people give Nick Nurse a harder time than they should. Especially as as a rookie coach, I feel like yeah, sometimes his rotations aren't the greatest. I think that maybe he could sub in his starters or, or his star players a little bit quicker if they get um, if if a lead gets cut into a little bit. Uh, the timeouts really bother me too. Like if, if for me, if a team uh, comes back, makes a seven point swing, I'm, I'm always of the belief when it's a seven point swing, call a timeout. Because then that can usually yeah. that's when momentum starts to build, and that's usually when you can cut it off, like a, like a cancer, you can cut it off right there. So yeah, he usually waits for like a twelve all run. Yeah, it's usually a 12, 13, 14, 15 all run or something like or fifteen two run or something like that. Um, but it's it's too long, and then by the time that happens, the boys are deflated. The other teams fully with the with the momentum, even with the timeout, they still come out guns blazing. So that's something I think he can fix. That's something that I think ultimately he will. But this team needs shooters. This team needs something fixed. We, we're, we're both preaching the same thing. They need, as currently constructed, they, uh, and it, it's great that we're seeing this now. I think it's a blessing because if you see this after the, the trade deadline, you're kind of SOL, right? Yeah. Like you don't, you don't have the trade option. You're looking for a veteran buyout that might be a guy that could potentially help you, but doesn't really make a massive impact. So um, they can at least control their own 
their their own fate within a certain degree here. Now there's a trade deadline. They've seen these flaws come up. I'd rather come up now than in a, two months. And we're like, oh shit, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah the 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 Raptors need to do something. I think they recognize that, and I think something will be done. Whether it's a major move like an Anthony Davis or a smaller move is to be determined. But um, something I, I I can guarantee you that this roster will not be the same after what is it February seventh is trade deadline yeah. day Thursday. like actual day seventh yeah. right. Yeah, uh, I knew I knew it was Thursday. I couldn't remember what right. day. Um, February seventh. If it's not, if this team is the if this team is the same, they will not make it out of the second round. Mark my words. All right. So before we get into trade deadline talk, I, I just want to make this clear. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter that, that there seems to be a dichotomy between Raptors fans right now. There are the super frustrated fans, and there are those that are like chill the fuck out, like, everything's going to be okay. And although, like, we're expressing our frustrations with the team, I sort of fall somewhere in the middle. I don't think they're doomed. Like, I, I do think that if this these woes continue, they are almost surefire way of getting out of the second round of the playoffs. Um, yeah. Am I confident that they can rebound from this as currently constructed? A week ago or two weeks ago, I would have said yes. But seeing as though these are continued flaws, I don't know. I'm not nearly as confident because these are sort of long stretches of the same issues. And I'd like to think that the team is maybe, I don't want to say taking a backseat to the regular season, but maybe the bigger picture is you know at the forefront for them. That's the only saving grace that I can think of. Um Yes, they started off very well in the regular season, but I feel like their style of play or their scheming was either different or it was executed executed correctly. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that I'm fully confident in this team to really make a push to the finals. Do I think that it's a sure-fire conclusion that the Raptors are the best team in the Eastern Conference? No. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not after seeing Milwaukee. And that's going to probably raise a lot of red flags in my listener base. But, you know, I got to just call as I see it because the way this team is playing just isn't passing the eye test. It's just not. They, they, you can say that the regular season thus far is fabulous as, you know, as was said in the broadcast on TSN, Jack said it. You can say that they're, what is it, matching their regular season, uh, record from last year, great. Uh, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to last year because if we're comparing ourselves to last year, we should be ashamed because we should be better. Like, we should be better than how we performed last year given that we have a guy named Kawhi Leonard on this team that was advertised as a top-five player in the NBA. We should be better. We should not be settling to being just as good, air quotes, as we were last year. That is unacceptable. We should be better than we are right now. So am I confident? I'm not nearly as confident as I was in the beginning of the year. Do I think... it Would it be surprising if they turned it around? No, no. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all. But do I think that things need to be shaken up? Yep. Yes, I agree. I do. Um... I, I think that, you know, if you have a top five player in the NBA, uh, surrounding him with the necessary talent to get to the finals is imperative. Especially if you only have him 
really for this year, if you think about it, like if you don't get to the finals, he's most likely adios. Yeah, he's gone. So it's finals or bust for this team. You have to go all in. You don't you don't have a choice. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't think we're the only ones that know that too. I think Messiah is no, operating. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, the Messiah. If if we know that Messiah's known that be way longer than we have, right? right? So, um, I trust. I I've always trusted in Messiah. Um, has he made has he made a couple of questionable decisions? Sure, but no, no GM or no team president, whatever. Like is perfect, right? It's nothing egregious, um, right? Yeah, no, no, no. He's he hasn't made a move where you're like, wow, this is a. It's it's not like a. He's it's never made like an Ari Dickey for Noah Syndergaard yeah. right. trade, right? Or you're like, that's that's a massive stain on you, bro. Like you you blew it. No, he he shipped out Andrea Bargnani for legit like where no one would give anything. Like the Knicks forked over so much for Andrea Bargnani. Like he, he's, he's a, he's a magician, right? right? Like he's able to work out. Like he got Kawhi Leonard and Danny green for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl, which was essentially part of the Andrea Bargnani trade. So they bring mm-hmm. it back to, right? Like everything, everything stems yep. from something. Um, I, I think that he's, he's like, he got PJ Tucker for a couple second round picks. That was a, brilliant move for a team that needed that um i think he's he's got something cooking and um i think that he's very i I think that him and and um and the team are very much in on uh anthony davis i think bobby webster and 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 messiah jury have had lengthy conversations about it um i think now it's just trying to put together a package that would be satisfactory and would can and would make the Pelicans say, yeah, we're not waiting for the Celtics in the summer. We're going to do this deal now because we think that this is the best package that anybody could offer, including the Celtics. They have, they have to put together something and it's going to have to include Siakam. I'm sorry, Raptors fans. If you think that you, if you think that you can get Davis without giving up Siakam, it would be, it would be the heist of the century. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. And if he can do it, great. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't do yeah. it. Like, like obviously, we if we can keep him, we can keep him. But if you want to get him now, it's gonna cost Siakam. Um, if you want to give any point, it's gonna cost Siakam. But um, I, I, I think that Davis is somebody that would, that would take this team to the next level. It would alleviate a little bit off of Kawhi. It would allow Kyle to play in his really only strength, I think, in this season, which is dishing the ball. I think that he's been decent. Like I think he's been good enough with assists this year. Where if you can just say, hey man, get like 13, 14 assists a game and 10 points, and we're we're fine with that because you don't have to be the first or second guy. Right. You can be you can be the, the third, you can be the fourth guy, right? Or whatever on this team. Um I think that by by doing that, that's the only addition that I would make to the starting lineup or like change in the starting lineup. Otherwise, I think that the bench just needs like good pieces and then a piece from the bench that could rotate into the starting lineup if someone's struggling. So um, I know we'll get more into it, but that's just kind of my little rant on that. All right, let's, let's go over what we know when it comes to Anthony Davis and we can transition to this. So what we know, Anthony Davis is... Uh, representation clutch sports rich paul made it publicly known that anthony davis has no intention of signing an extension with the pelicans and would like to be traded 
Um, the the easy conclusion there, given the relationship between Rich Paul and uh, LeBron James, as well as the relationship between Anthony Davis and LeBron James, is that he wants to go to L.A. Uh, this was never publicly stated by Anthony Davis. I need to make that clear. However, his representation did make public that he prefers a trade to Los Angeles. So tea leaves then lead to, yeah, he wants to go to Lakers. Fine. In the NBA, all right, and Porzingis is the clear example of this, but in the NBA, when a player makes it public that he wishes to be traded or whether there's rumors of a trade or of a player wishing to be traded, it is never done with patience, ever. It is never done, at least in recent history, when a player wants out, it is never, hey man, look, uh, GM, whoever, Demps, I kind of want to <laughs> leave, but you know, if you want to wait six months, that's cool, man, that's cool, like, uh, we'll do this on your timeline. No. Yeah. Think yeah. Kyrie Irving, think Jimmy Butler, think Kawhi Leonard, think Kristaps Porzingis, which happened within a half hour. It was the quickest request to trade to trade I've ever seen in my Dude life. Dude didn't even get his double-double yet, right. and he looks at his phone, and he's like, oh, I'm shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm on to I'm dope. <laughs> yeah. So this does not historically work in New Orleans' favor. However, would I like to see a team finally be like, tough titties, kid. We are waiting until we get the best package for this organization. Of course, I would like to see the power sort of shift back to ownership because I do think there's a level of power that the NBA players have that might be a little, uh, I don't know, outrageous for my taste. But I do understand that typically these things don't happen that way. And typically the NBA players are in the driver's seat. Uh, Whether you think that's a good thing or not is a completely different discussion. So my point is, in that aspect... It seems likely that he will be dealt Thursday or before Thursday. Um, It could be that the the Pelicans will want to wait to see what the Celtics are offering. But I don't know, man. Like, Tatum isn't, like, the same kind of flashy player that he was last year. Jalen Brown is certainly having a bad year in comparison to years prior. Um, The picks are attractive. They really are. But now you're competing with other teams that can offer stuff now for Anthony Davis. And I know a lot of Raptors fans don't want to give up Pascal Siakam. I get it. But if we do trade, if we are able to get an Anthony Davis for a Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, DeLon Wright, one of Jonas Valanciunas or Serge Ibaka, and I don't know, one or two first or first and a second, you do it. Like you do that a hundred times out of a hundred because this is the only, this is the closest thing to a guarantee to an NBA Finals appearance that the Raptors will ever ever get. The team has been around for approximately twenty five years, and it took them twenty five years to get the best player that they've ever had, and it wasn't even homegrown. It was a trade. Yeah. You make this trade 100 times out of 100. And this is what I want to ask Raptors fans out there, and I'll ask you. If it meant, if we had a crystal ball, and we got Anthony Davis, and it meant shelling out Siakam, right? If it meant a guaranteed championship, but a guaranteed five to six years of shit, I would do that 
100% of the time, no questions asked, because you will never, ever, ever get so much of a guarantee of a championship as you will if you get Anthony Davis, period. Uh, ask ask Blue Jays fans. 100 times out of 100, right? 2015. Like, like 100 times, right? Uh, 2015, 2016, Right? You get and 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 with with Anthony Davis's contract with him having the extra year, and let's say that they have success this year, they find success, they make it to the finals. Maybe they win, maybe they lose. I don't know. It probably entices Kawhi Leonard to sign for another year, just one yeah, to match one up with Anthony, just just to match up with Anthony Davis's contract and Kyle. Well, yes, and Kyle, right? And then you can see. Well, if Davis is gone, do I want to stay? Can I can I entice someone to come here? I don't know. Right. Maybe he leaves. Maybe he doesn't. If Anthony Davis goes, well, I like playing with Kawhi. I like making the finals every year. I'll stay. You don't know. There's so many unknowns. But for me, like I loved how passionate you were, and I was sitting back and I was smiling because I'm thinking I had flashbacks to 2015. Yeah. And I had flashbacks to the bat flip and the most some of the most iconic moments in Blue Jays history. Do we make the World Series? No. Do we win? No. But I take that a hundred times out of a hundred. Absolutely. Because that was some of, that was one of the most exciting moments that I've had as a Blue Jays fan. And one of the most and, and, and the moments that I will share with, with my children when they grow up to be fans of whatever. I mean, I was like, they, they don't have to be Blue Jays fans if they want to, but like, it'd be nice. But, uh, I, I can, I can go back and I can show them when I was, when I was a young adult, I got to experience this. And it was one of the most joyous moments as a fan. Take a look at this, mm-hmm. right? Watch the whole game. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Watch, watch the whole game because that whole game in itself was just a heart attack. <laughs> right, it, but it, but it was like, but it, it was so it was it was some of the most emotionally draining roller coaster, but yet fulfilling games I've ever seen. Probably the best game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, one million percent. So you you take that and you take it, and whatever comes with it, it comes with it. But if you're if you're not good for five or six years, whatever. Whatever, man. There's so like the the NBA is swarming with talent. There's so many ways that you could be bad for for a few years, and and fix your team. Right, right. Like you you can you can fix your team in a decent amount of time in the NBA if you play your cards right. If you're not the New York Knicks, you can fix your team. You know, you look at what you have right now. And this is what I keep going back to. You look at what you have right now. Yes, it's good. All right, like I know we just shit all over the team in the beginning of the show, but yes, it's yeah, still yeah. a good team. Yeah. Am I, if I'm a buyout candidate and I get to decide my fate, I don't know if I want to go to Toronto. I kind of want to go to L.A. and play with LeBron. Or I kind of want to go to Golden State. You know, I kinda, Or I kind of want to go to Milwaukee. Giannis is a very exciting player. Yeah. You know, Toronto's good. But you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know about customs. I don't, I don't know about exchange rate. I, I don't know. It's kind of like complicated. But if you have Anthony Davis, oh, I want to go to that team. I want to win a championship with that team. I want I yeah. want to win with that team. I was on uh, the Pick and Pod podcast this earlier this week, and right. the host Rich said it perfectly. This whole like, what do you do about your future? What do you do about your bench? That's a future me problem. 
and I don't care. Yeah, that's a tomorrow problem. That's I don't care today. about future me problems. Yeah. I don't care. I care about my problem right now. And my problem right now is this team is not cutting it. So what do you do right now? Right? Do you do you go on a date with someone saying, mm, this might work out. This might not work out. Probably shouldn't go on this date. No. Right. No, you take that risk. You go on that date. You go on that date. Do you do you say to yourself, mm, you know, OG could be really good. Really? Could just be a role player. Could just be some guy on some team. Right? Yep. Could just be, you know, whatever. Oh, Serge Baca having a breakout year. Yeah. Okay, but we're getting JV back. Or, oh, God, JV had such a good year. Sure, you have Serge Ibaka. Pretty good player this year. Oh, Pascal Siakam had all-star consideration. Yeah, ultimate sell high. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. But what you do know, you take the bird in hand, period. And the bird in hand is Anthony Davis being a top-five player. You have two top-five players on your team. This should be a no-brainer. A no-brainer. So if this is able to go down as, like, constructed on the internet, right? Like, right now, the, the score uh, came out with a report today. I tweeted it out that the Raptors and the Nuggets have become serious contenders for Anthony Davis, okay? So if the Raptors are able to finesse it, and yes, you're going to have to trade Pascal Siakam, oh, well, you have Anthony Davis on this team. This should be a no-brainer. I don't understand the hesitation amongst Raptors fans. I just don't get it. It's because, it's you know, Raptors fans have never been through something like this where they can push their chips all in and and have some really good homegrown talent that, that they would have to part away with that's like young homegrown talent that you push away for a better player. Like, this, this, is never, this never happened. Right? What team is a homegrown talent? Tell me. Yeah, no, no. In the NBA, nothing, nothing, nothing. GSW is the closest thing. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. but they have Durant. <laughs> yeah. If they if they didn't have Durant at like or or Cousins, they wouldn't even be. I don't think they'd be in the finals this year in the West. Um, you know, it's the, the you you have to. You have to go all in, and this is but this is what Raptors fans were crying for last year. They're like, make a move. Do something. Go do something. Go all in. I don't care what what it what it takes. People were willing to part with Pascal Siakam at the beginning of the year until they seen, oh my god, holy shit, this guy actually is like like an all star player. He's taken a great step forward. We all knew he had that promise, but we haven't really fully seen it. Now that we're seeing it, everyone's like, well, no, I want to know, I want to keep him. No, he's not better than Anthony Davis. Not there is, I, I I can I can count on one hand the amount of players that I would trade Pascal Siakam for. Because I think he is a special player. But on that list of my hand is Anthony Davis. And guess what? If that's what it takes, goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. And thank you. I will be a Pascal Siakam fan for life. Because I think that this guy is super talented. I love his attitude. He's a team player. Like I I, I love everything about Pascal Siakam. I would not I, I don't want to part with him. But can you get Anthony Davis without including Pascal Siakam in the trade? Absolutely package? not. Absolutely no. not. No. So you gotta. It's if if the if the Pelicans are trading Anthony Davis, that's a hard pill for their fans to swallow. It's gonna have to be a hard pill for any other acquiring team to swallow to get rid of a player. If the Denver Nuggets are in there, do you think that the Pelicans um, start with any trade package other than Jamal Murray in the trade package? No, no. But the and and I bet you Nuggets fans are saying, well, if we can get. 
Anthony Davis without including Jamal Murray, that's a heist. It's the same. It's, it's all, it's all relative, right? Everyone's saying, well, I don't want to really get rid of this young up and coming player, but you have to like, we look as, as fans on the outside and say, okay, well the nuggets have to get rid of Jamal Murray because they won't like Jokic. They probably won't get rid of and right. No, he's untouchable. Right. He's that's untouchable. like, that's like, that's like us with Kawhi Leonard. Like you don't, yeah. you won't trade Kawhi Leonard for Anthony Davis. You, 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 you pair him, right? Jokic is untouchable. You have to go with the the best option and a young player, which is Jamal Murray. Um, and as as outsider fans, you're saying, well, yeah, you you have to. You don't have a choice, right? As as fans looking at a potential Boston Celtics trade package, you're like, well, you have to get rid of Tatum. You don't have a choice. Yeah, even that doesn't sound right? attractive to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know what I mean? Like, there's I I see I've I got into an argument with some Celtics. I follow this Celtics guy on Twitter, who's actually a really good follow and he's very reasonable and I, I actually really like following him. See, he gives, we have reasonable back and forth debates on, on stuff from a Celtics and Raptors perspective but he had this guy in his mentions say well, there's no way the Celtics are going to get rid of Tatum. Then you don't get Davis. If they do, that's stupid. Yeah, you don't get Davis. I'm like, well, then you don't get Davis. It's that simple. Like, who who you going to get rid of? He's like, well, Jalen Brown and picks. I'm like, well, you're, you're stupid. That doesn't even match salary. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, like yeah I'm like that's why I said you're stupid because yeah. you can't do that trade you're stupid right the, people don't think these armchair GMs they come in they don't they don't properly use the trade machines they don't properly think and they think that they can just get what they want without giving back what they want but Anthony Davis I think that Anthony Davis is the best player to be traded in his prime maybe in the history of the NBA yeah right uh I'm I'm sorry, but like yeah, Kawhi like Kawhi got traded. I think Anthony Davis is a better player than Kawhi Leonard today, today, right, right now, today, today. I think Anthony Davis is a better player than Kawhi. Uh, I disagree. Not, I'm sorry. I, I and disagree. that's not I I that's not that's not to take away anything from Kawhi Leonard. I I think I think obviously Kawhi Leonard is a is a, is a top five player in the NBA. But as of today, as of this season, at least Anthony Davis is a better player. In my opinion, that's fine, and that and that's like and that's, and that's that's fine. Like that's like that's like comparing. That's like uh, I'm I'm comparing like the fourth and uh, like like the third and fourth guy yeah, in the NBA yeah. center, right? You want like, them both? Like, I'm, <laughs> you, oh yes, one hundred percent. And and that's that's not me saying that Anthony Davis is superior to Kawhi Leonard. That's not me saying that Kawhi Leonard is garbage. Like I love Kawhi Leonard, and people that are saying trade him are like that's not happening. I'll block. Not happening. But yeah, yeah, it's not happening. But I if both are on this team. Lethal, watch out, like the force, and and then you'll get some good veteran bio candidates that will come on here for cheap dollars. That will want to, and that will want to come here, and that will boost. And you can have a s- situation that's similar to what Cleveland had, where they got guys like Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson to come on on these cheap contracts, and they contributed. Yeah. They did yeah. well. You know, it, it's people are saying like, "Oh, what about our bench? Our bench sucks." Like, our bench sucks right our now. Bench, what are you worried about? What about our bench? What about the bench? What has the bench done? Like, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately thing. They've done nothing. They've yeah. done nothing. And if they've done no. nothing, are you confident in them moving forward to take the reins? If and when Kawhi leaves, when Kyle leaves, when Serge leaves, this is what we got. This is this is it. We're setting the table with players like Fred Van Vliet, OG, Pascal, the best of the bunch. Uh, but otherwise, what do you got? What are you worried about? You know, like Norm Powell's been the highlight of the bench. Great, great, right? like great. <laughs> Sell high, <laughs> see, yeah. Sell high, yeah. fill that contract yeah. stuff. Like this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the, it's you can always rebuild. You can always fill the cupboards back up. 
right? And people are like, oh, well, what if Kawhi leaves? Guess what? Hey, Celtics. Hey, man. You want Anthony Davis this year? Because we're willing to give him to you. Just give us what you were going to give New Orleans. Boom. You're back in the game. You're back in. Mm-hmm. You have like two mm-hmm. first-round picks. You could maybe take Tatum. Celtics aren't going to do that. They're not going to trade within the, the conference, no. let alone the division. But there, you can flip it. Right? Anthony Davis becomes an extremely valuable trade chip to the Raptors next year if Kawhi leaves and they're not contending. I don't see how they can't contend with Anthony Davis on the team still. Like They're not worse than a fifth seed. But yeah. they, if you don't want to be a fifth seed, flip them. There you go. Yeah. Now you get someone of the Pascal Siakam caliber because you're giving yeah. someone that's you're giving a team that's going all in Anthony fucking Davis. That yeah. is what you're doing. Like, yeah. like, and you get you rebuild your bench or you rebuild your future. You know, you get a pick or two in there, like a later pick. Like, this is what you do. This is the recipe. The Raptors aren't winning a championship with this team. No. Like, the the narrative has always been, we'll make it there, but we're not beating the Warriors. If you have Anthony Davis on this team with Kawhi Leonard, there's a legitimate shot that you beat the Warriors without Siakam. Yes. I, I don't understand how people think this is possible without trading away Pascal Siakam. And if the the Pelicans are like, let's do this right now, you make that move. Yep. And if you look at the packages that LA is rumored to have, you know, offered up the Pelicans for Davis, it's crap. Like Kyle Kuzma is a great player. He's he, he's I like him on my team. There you go, next year. You get Kuzma if you get Davis this yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Exactly. But like I would like to have him on my team. But is it beating OG? Siakam, uh, one of Serge and JV and DeLon Wright? No! No, No, you're not keeping DeLon Wright next year anyway. He's a restricted free agent. You're not keeping him. You're not keeping three point guards. You're just not. You have stuff to pass on. You have players to move. And if you... I'm sorry. I'm just so frustrated. Like, how is this not... No, 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 no. I love love this. I love this. No, I I, I just don't understand. Like, this is the closest we'll ever get to a championship. 25 years, this is the closest we get through trades. This is why it's there. This is why you trade. Yeah. This is why you get this these homegrown talent to liquidate, to use as pieces to acquire a top five, top three player in the NBA. So you win. You win a championship. And if you have a chance to get, to get this championship, if Masai Ujiri has this chance in front of him, if Dell Demps is like, yo, let's make this trade, and Masai's like, nah, I can't pass out. I got to pass on Pascal Siakam. Fire him. Fire him right now. Yeah. I would, I would, his, his, his security pass would Fire not work him. anymore. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yep. Right. That's it. Have to. <laughs> like, you, you, I, you, your, your points are spot on. Like, this team, they have to, they have to go all in. And you're and you're spot on. Like, what what were we saying about Kawhi Leonard when he first came here? Well, if it doesn't work, we'll flip him at the deadline. Yeah. Right. Pascal Siakam was a late first round pick where Masai Ujiri struck gold to find this guy. A late first round pick. All right. OG Ananobi, late for mid, middle of the late first round pick. These guys, like if if these like these assets, if you if you're like okay, I have a late first round pick to trade you, like I have two late first round picks, like though like those guys don't have the same value that now 
is has transferred to OG and Pascal because they've developed and you've seen it. So you're you are getting a positive return on your assets. If you take this from a business perspective, a b- purely business perspective, you are winning if you take your assets and, w- and and make a positive return on your assets. You make an investment. You make a thousand dollar investment in stocks. You 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 want it becomes a it becomes a five thousand dollar stock. Then you take it out because like wow, I've made I've I've made a massive return on my asset. Yeah. This is what they are doing. They are making massive returns on their assets. And if you don't cash in now. If you don't cash in now, you are in the same rut that you are going to be in for the last year, two years, three years. Nothing is changing here. It's not going to change in two months. Well, make the change. Make the positive return. Take your take your money take your money out. Collect your return and cash it all in for Anthony Davis. People don't remember that Jakob Pertl was a top ten pick. Yes, and he was, and he was the worst. He was the worst yes. of OG Pascal and 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 uh, Siakam. Right. He was the worst. Right, and like if we're talking draft capital, like if I said to you on paper in the abstract, hey, you're taking a ninth overall pick and you're flipping them. No, well, yeah, yeah, you do that. It's it, it, like it, I wouldn't even call that a sell high, but whatever, fine. Like, what, yes, yes, and maybe Pascal becomes an all star. Maybe I don't think he's going to become a top five player. Maybe a top fifteen. No. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, like fine, I'll give him that. But he's not becoming an Anthony Davis. He's not. Like I'm sorry, he's not. And and if you get the chance to acquire, I don't know who. You said there are a handful of players, so I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing here. Uh, Steph, LeBron. Anthony Davis, if Kawhi wasn't on this team, Kawhi. Yeah, and like, and like, maybe, maybe like a James Harden. Sure, and that's like, yeah. and that's and, and like, so there, there's my five. That's that's who I would put in a package for Pascal Siakam. Otherwise, like, you start off a package with Siakam, I'm hanging up the phone on you. Yeah, why? Well, I don't think your, people your numbers, would bat an eye. Blocked. No one would bat an no. eye if we were like, yo, uh, somehow we were able to get LeBron James for Pascal and, and X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, why yeah. are we batting an eye for Anthony Davis? I don't understand. Doesn't make sense because he because he doesn't you know why it's because in New Orleans nobody like we don't we don't see him right like we see him but we don't see him and we hear how amazing he is and how great of a player he is but we don't see him and I think that's what a lot of Raptors feel like a lot like Raptors players of Raptors fans are fed LeBron highlights down their throat we see Steph Curry we see James Harden posting 50 60 points a game which is stupid you know like we don't and that's why people were worried about Kawhi Leonard. We didn't really see Kawhi. We haven't really seen Anthony Davis. And I think that that worries Raptors fans because they don't have that like eye test. Like it doesn't pass that for them because they don't see it. Right. Um I think that's the I think that that's the biggest concern for them. But guess what? Like and they and they see they see Pascal Siakam in it. They see OG every night. But guess what? Fans in New Orleans haven't seen Pascal Siakam every night. They don't see OG every night, right? So they don't. They like, like they're probably sitting there thinking, "Well, these guys are scrubs," because they because they don't know. They don't know the name. They don't see them. Whereas we see them every night. I'm like, "Wow, no, these guys. These guys are studs." Like OG, OG may or may not, but like Pascal is like OG has the promise, but Pascal is getting yeah. there, right? Like you're seeing it. So for for these for these other fans like we have to take that into consideration too like they don't really we, they don't really see like yeah we know of Anthony Davis but do we see do we see him every night no yeah 
It's so for for a casual Raptors fan, they don't know. The likelihood of New Orleans trading him to Toronto is low. Like I, I know that yes. sort of yes. bust the winds out of the balloon right now. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, we've been uh, on this, but you're right. Yeah, it's it's low because not like I said. Not only do you have to compete with an LA package, which I think Toronto beats uh, a Denver package, which might be uh, something that matches up quite well. Uh, you're also competing with a theoretical Celtics package. And you're competing with the theoretical or current New York Knicks package. Yeah. And like a lot of people look at this uh, Porzingis trade and they say, oh, the, the Knicks screwed up. I don't really think so. Right. They got, they have a legitimate shot of uh, having the most balls in the bin to get the first overall pick. All right. They took two of the Mavericks first round picks, albeit once protected. Um, look, if I'm New Orleans, and you want to move him now to sort of uh, avoid locker room dysfunction and whatnot, having Zion on your team is very attractive. Oh, absolutely. Very, very attractive. And if they're able to get that, you know, the Knicks pick, or if they wait till the summer and the Knicks actually end up with the first overall pick, I think the Knicks are the favorites. I think so too. I I'm, I I don't even think that the Knicks need the first overall pick to get Kevin Durant. I, I, I think Kevin Durant's, Going to New York, regardless. I think he's. I think he's so gone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know what? I, I actually. I don't know, man. I think Kyrie's going to pair up with LeBron, and sure. I think that Kyrie's going to LA. Um, I think that Kyrie wants to win now, and I think that he knows that with LeBron, they're like, like, look, he called. Like, I know he called LeBron, and he basically was like, "Dude, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, we 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 could add a good thing going in Cleveland. My bad." Right. I I think that I think that you know, it's either LA or New York for for Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie's come back to Boston. Um, I think he sees what's around him, and I think he's like, shit. I thought these guys would be better, right? Than than what they've turned out to be as of the last like two years that I've been here. I thought they would progress farther, and I can't with with the with the situation around me like. We have money stuck in Gordon Hayward. He's he's been not what he's been promised to be. We Al Horford on the Boston, decline. Man. Yeah, yeah. Al Horford's on the decline. Jalen Brown has had a dust year. Like Jason Tatum has taken us a, a little a quote unquote sophomore slump back. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, he's been he's been good, but he hasn't been what we thought he would be this year. So I mean, his numbers are similar to last year. He's just not taking the next similar. step. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like he's he hasn't he hasn't progressed as a player this year. Right. Um, so I, I think he looks around there and he's like, well, look, I can go and I can play with LeBron in LA and I know people will come to LA, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, if you get Kyrie Irving, like, like people will go there and they'll be like, wow, like we saw what they could do in, in Cleveland. I'm sure that they can. And especially if they're, if they're able to keep the, a lot of the young core, like, like a, a Kuzma could be a third scoring option. That's pretty deadly, man. Like or clay or or oh, oh, oh no yeah man i i think keep I, him in the I, west <laughs> listen i think <laughs> i i would i would love to see clay thompson go to LA. I, I would just love to see the golden state warriors implode so whatever that takes mm-hmm. i'm i'm down for but yeah. um i think duran is gone i think uh boogie's gonna sign somewhere else i don't think he's staying in in golden state and even steve kerr said that they don't they probably won't re-sign him so uh, i think that's no. an indication um I don't, I just, 
There's so many moving pieces. The Super Bowl is a day away, man. Super Bowl is tomorrow. <laughs> and we the did what? this, and, and Tom Brady's like, hello, over here, yeah. guys. I'm I'm still around. This should be a story. And everyone's like, Porzingis, Kyrie, yeah, LeBron, AD. Every, everyone's got drama. Like, and You know what I mean? Like, that is, it's unbelievable that a sport that is as nationally recognized as football is losing in headlines to the NBA where their trade deadline is not even like tomorrow. It is a week. It is essentially a week away. Yep. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me one bit, man. NBA oh, is taking over. It doesn't surprise me either. The NBA is taking over, but it's just unbelievable to see this happening. Like, like I, I, I always thought it could, but like, I never, like, I didn't know if it would. And it's great to see it happening. I love it, but it's uh, we're we're talking about this right now, man. Like we're not even we're not even I'm not even focused on the Super Bowl. I'm gonna go to Super Bowl party. I'm just gonna be like, oh yeah, right. I have to go to this tomorrow. I almost forgot it was tomorrow, to be honest. Yeah. That's how like out of it I've been because I've been so involved in Raptors and NBA. NBA, yeah, yeah. no, no doubt. It's look, it, this is the time. Like there is no other trade deadline that I look forward to more. Than the NBA trade deadline because it's so yeah. full of drama. Like I remember a time where the MLB trade deadline uh, made me sort of like glued to my computer, but because there's an, like a sort of extra trade deadline yes. after that, it's yes. not like legitimate. Um, so it uh, kind of sucks the hype out. But NBA trade de- deadline is it's awesome. Um, yeah. So let, let's move into that. Let's assume that the Raptors don't get AD. Um, you mentioned TJ Warren. Uh, we've talked about him at length as a good piece that the Raptors can acquire, probably on the cheap. Are there any other players? Uh, I know you wrote about it, but you know, audible, audibly, <laughs> audioly. Yes. Uh, are there the, any on the pot? The pot, yes, on the podcast. Audically, yes. <laughs> what are the uh, the other candidates that you had in mind? Well, um, the, the there was another there's another kind of two players that I was looking at and. Um, if the Pelicans really don't want to trade you Anthony Davis, then uh, they're, they're still in a rebuild. So why not see what other assets they could part with? So um, two names on the Pelicans that I was kind of really curious for. One, I think that they would move more than the other. And that one being each one more, um, it kind of solves the uh, woes of shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, he's not... I, I, he's, he's, he's not the, the, the most sharp shooter in the league. Like he's, he's shooting 41.7% from three it's 19th in the league. Um, it's still, it still adds another option to the Raptors, right? Like anything to add another option for the Raptors and like a top 20, 20 rank shooting percentage from three in the league to me is a good get. Um, so, uh, I, I, I had him as a name and then I also had Julius Randall, um, who I thought would be, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I think if the Pelicans go for rebuild, I think they'd be more inclined to, to keep Julius Randle and maybe try to build around him. But right. uh, he's, he's averaging 20, he's averaging uh, just about 20 points per game and, and just over nine rebounds shooting 54% from the field. So he's definitely had a, uh, a nice bounce back year after moving from uh, the Lakers to the Pelicans. Um, I think it's done him really well. Uh, in, in a in a hypothetical trade package, I did Julius Randle and Etwan Moore for uh, JV Delon Wright, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty second round picks. Yeah, none of these um, involve Siakam, which is probably no, to the to the relief no. of listeners. Yes, uh, like I like I said before, if you're 
if you aren't named Curry, LeBron, Harden, Davis, or hypothetically Kawhi Leonard, like if he was on another team, you're not you're not taking Siakam. Right. Siakam is a building block, but if you can get a guy like Davis, then yeah, you have to you have to bite the bullet a bit. But um those are those are a couple other interesting names. I just I just thought that if if the Pelicans really go into rebuild, how full of a rebuild do they really want to get into, and what pieces are they willing to move? Um, I think that they'd be more willing to part with a guy like Etwan Moore over Julius Randle. Um, but uh, you never know until you call and ask, right? Like you, you don't. Like, that's the one thing about the NBA, right? Like you didn't know that the Knicks were going to part with Porzingis, and two hours later he's gone. Right. So. Um, it all just, it all depends on, on what the players like maybe Julius Randall's like, well, shit, if Anthony Davis is gone, so am I Drew holiday was like, the only reason I signed with the Pelicans was because of Davis mm-hmm. literally, literally came out and said that. So, you know, guys might not be happy with the fact that Davis is, is going and they might want to change the scenery, uh, might be a good opportunity for the Raptors to try to bounce on that and see, uh, see what they could get, uh, see if they can snipe someone on, on a relatively, a uh, cheap deal that could boost a massive need for the Raptors right now, which is shooting. They they need shooting. I'm along the same lines um, on the same team, except I'm looking at Miritich. Um, yeah. I think that he could be a, a deadly shooter for the Raptors um, if he came off the bench. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if the Pelicans are rebuilding, then I think it's an obvious trade candidate because that's not someone that you keep long-term yes. or build around. Um I was also thinking Aaron Gordon. Uh, he's got four more years of control, and the Magic are just sort of plummeting. Um, they don't really need him anymore. He's not the face of the franchise anymore, really. Um, and I think having another power forward, um, you know, to sort of help out JV or um, uh, or Surge, right? If you have Aaron Gordon come off the bench with JV, that sort of solves some issues there. Like CJ Miles isn't playing that role. Right. Um. And I, I, I think he would be in this deal anyway. So you have a legit power forward rather than like someone that's a makeshift power forward. Right. Uh, forced to be a power forward, and you have him for a little bit. Um. I was also thinking buyout candidates. I think Wes Matthews is is a yes. pretty good buyout candidate if yes. he is. Um. And Robin Lopez if he is. Um. But th- none of these players to me really push the needle. But there's only one player out there that you're going to be able to acquire that will push the needle. We talked to we talked about him at length here. So sorry, who these is, are just who, who, wait. Who is that? I don't I don't know if we've if we said his name at all. Some some guy named David. <laughs> um, no, so. I, think, I think I might have heard of him. That's that was the old commissioner, right? That guy. Right. Right. Yeah, I got you. Um, okay. Right. Right. My bad. If the Raptors are able to get these players, they're sort of there to solve other issues that we've been recognizing with this team. Um. Obviously, uh, Miritich and Wes Matthews solve the shooting woes aspect, and Lopez and Gordon will solve the the off the bench or the power forward woes that we're experiencing, or maybe to give the bench a little bit of a boost. Yeah. So these are the the players that I'm looking at that uh, I don't think are completely out of the realm of possibility. No, I agree. Um, I don't I don't necessarily love Aaron Gordon's contract. Saying that though. Um, What's very interesting is they front-loaded his contract. So the cap hit for the teams decrease um, as the years progress. So I'm just taking a look here. By the time it's like he's controllable until 2022, 
Um, at that point, he's his cap hits sixteen point four million dollars, mm-hmm. which is you live with that in a in a uh, league where the cap seems to be increasing by a decent number every year. Um, it's just if if you have plans on attracting another star or making room to sign somebody at, at some point, like like I don't know what the Raptors are thinking, right? Um, like like if they want to pair someone with Kawhi, or try to make room for like like an ED, whatever. Like I I don't I don't know what's what's in their forecasting of cap hits it just it doesn't make it any easier um but i i like the idea of aaron gordon i I think that he definitely solves the the woes of having another power forward um would he come off the bench for you with the way pascal's playing like how would you how would you utilize him you'd have he'd have to come off the bench right in this theoretical trade i have og norm and cj so like he he would have to come off the bench for them because you can't take pascal out of the starting lineup for Aaron Gordon. Um, I think that when you have a true... He's not really a stretch four. So if you have a true four with JV or Serge, depending on the matchup, that's a nice little pairing. Right. You know? And it doesn't solve the shooting woes, though. It's just, like, sort of yeah. stabili- st- uh, stabilizes... Sorry. I-, I can't talk today. It sort of stabilizes <laughs> uh, the big man off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. And... um yeah, I I I, th- I think it's really interesting how they front loaded his contract. That way, he's he's making less. It becomes more attractive, especially if they want to move off him uh, in this in the next like, year or two, maybe. But uh, yeah, um, not not a bad trade package. I, I I would be I would be all right with that. Definitely doesn't solve the shooting woes, but it adds that extra piece, right? It gives right. it provides you with, and that's kind of what the Bucks are doing. Provides you with a more of an it, inside game where you can free up some shooters on the outside. Right, right, and get and give some better looks, right? Like Giannis commands the inside, and it commands attention and presence. So, um, knowing that you have to play inside and and you have to help out, which then opens up, a, a, like some some shooting opportunities for guys who can who can knock shots down. So it might it might help even with the shooting woes indirectly. Right, and like this, like if you remember for the uh, this past game against Milwaukee. Siakam was playing with the bench when he went off, right? And so that was your power forward right there. Um, Now you're sort of, like I said, stabilizing that. And uh, when you have Siakam meshing with the starting five as well as they do, and you make him or allow him to play with the bench, it sort of screams, hey, the bench needs help with this role. Um, So I I think it's just a, a nice little piece. And if people are worried about the future, well, Aaron Gordon isn't, bad future piece right and that's again someone that might be flippable if he sort of turns it around and he's not really playing poorly it's just like someone that can turn it around for uh himself and become a nice little trade chip later down the line like these are again future me problems that i don't care about right now so you know if if you are able to stabilize uh, and add stability to your bench and your team as a whole you got to do something you have to you have no choice. Right. All right, let's move on. Uh, P.S., no too sweet moment of the week because no moment of the week was too sweet. So let's move they on to predictions. They were garbage this week. <laughs> they were. Let's move on to the to the predictions and we'll wrap it up. So we got tomorrow, Sunday, versus the Clippers at home, and then they're on a short little road trip. Uh, 76ers, Hawks, and then the Knicks, the future home of Kyrie. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow I have a win. I think this is a nice little bounce back game right on the schedule needed for the Raptors. What say ye? Yeah, um, I, I think that 
listen, I would be shocked if they lose this game. Uh, not not because it's like like the the opponent per se. Like I'm not saying it's oh they're gonna they should destroy the Clippers, but I think that they have something to prove, right? right. I think that they have they have to come out. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they have to put up a performance that was better than their last home performance, and and say you know guys like yeah we we weren't great, we weren't sharp, but guess what. Kawhi Leonard had had an off game. Kyle Lowry had an off game. All these guys besides Siakam and Norman Powell had off games. Yep. So if they can somewhat figure it out, um, I'm banking on Nick Nurse to make some adjustments and and uh, help his team out a little bit. Uh, hopefully they come out with with a better mentality, like like sharpness, right? I think that they looked very sluggish and fatigued for someone coming off of a of a basically like a bye week. It's not acceptable <laughs> yeah you know like they had they had like what three days off something like that but um it's the time off that they had they shouldn't have come out like that so i think they'll come out really sharp um in the game against the clippers i expect a dub then they go to philly um i'm calling this one a loss national televised my... game they just beat the warriors on the road uh they beat the spurs at home not too long ago and they beat the rockets at home in pretty decent fashion not too long ago. Sixes are pretty good right now. They're kind of rolling. National yes. televised game, TNT. That's a bad recipe for the Raptors. I'm calling this a loss. Yeah, I am too. Um, I think uh, the it's now now's the the calendar starting to February. It's time for the 76ers to put together their the 55 game winning streak. Yeah, and uh, and and not and not be stopped until the playoffs and where they where they choke. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's about that time for the 76ers to start clicking. So um, I, I say that's a loss for the Raps. All right, and then Atlanta on the road again. I, I it's a win. Like come on. No, yeah, I'm not. Let's move on. Okay, uh, New York on the road. It's a win. Yeah. Okay. If you if you lose if you lose to either of those teams, then um, the the problems are worse than we thought. Right. And like these, yeah, th- this is. A nice schedule for the Raptors to sort of back. It's not no back to backs, right? They're they're all game in between or day in between rather. Uh, So there's going to be some traveling. uh, I won't say issues, but there's going to be some traveling experience by the Raptors. Maybe that's a good thing given the the cold front happening in Toronto. Um, Yes, they're still sort of on the East Coast, so it's not really going to make that much of a difference. But when they hit Atlanta, actually Atlanta's getting a lot of snow, so can't really discount them. But regardless. yeah. I know, I know that the I know that the Raptors. I remember saying like at the beginning of the year when I was looking at the schedule, I knew that the Raptors had a pretty relaxed and easier schedule in the second half of the year, uh, especially in like March and April. Right. Uh, it was it was against it was against opponents that we deemed wouldn't be great, and I think that most of them have lived up to those expectations of not being great. There might be a few of them. I, I can't fully remember the teams now because I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, I just remember it being teams where you're like, yeah, you could, you could realistically see yourselves beating that team. No problem. Right. Um, the only ones that scare me, I think they had like OKC on a back to back, like, like, at, like a home and home rather not back to back, like a home and home. Um, and then uh, a couple other teams, but you know, they've gotten, they've gotten a lot of the tough games out of the way. Like golden state's done. Milwaukee's done. Um, they, they've played an abundance of games. One of the most, um, most amount of games played in the NBA, a lot of back to backs. And now it's time for them to no more excuses on the schedule, right? Like now it's time to show what you got. So it's going to be interesting to see these next couple months, how they really respond with the schedule that they're given. Yep. Put up a shut up time. So yeah. We'll see. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Um, three out of four ain't bad 
for this uh, stretch of games coming out. Seventy-five percent. Yeah, it's fine. But that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, you know the deal. Your time to shine. Promote anything and everything you got going on. Your article. It's a must-read. Check it out. Uh, everything. Go for it. Oh, thanks for the thanks for the plug, man. Yeah, I appreciate no it. No um, doubt, no doubt. So you can follow me on Twitter at to underscore sports views. Uh, you can also check out my website torontosportsviews.com. Uh, there you'll see uh, the latest article that I put up uh, called "Who Should the Raptors Target at the Trade Deadline." Obviously, talking about Anthony Davis. Um, I get into more in depth about TJ Warren and the package that I provide for him. Also, a package I give for Anthony Davis, as well as the two guys that I see on here, Etwan Moore and Julius Randall. Kind of go into in depth a little bit in the package that I would give. So, if you want to read more into it, uh, give the give the article a, uh, a read. It's also posted on my Twitter, so you can just find it there. Um, if if you don't want to go searching through my website, but I, I encourage you to go to my website. It's nice. Go to the website. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you can also see any of our other. I've just posted a, uh, a, a podcast uh, tab at the top for any one of the South of the Six podcasts that I've been a part of personally. Uh, you can go through the archives, take a listen, see how right I was about stuff, see how wrong I was about stuff. I'm usually more wrong than anybody. So uh, go 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 take a look and go take a listen. Um, some of the stuff there is pretty good. I started listening to some of the old podcasts before and. Uh, and listening to a few things is, is kind of funny to, to reflect back. So, and you can also check out the South of the Six website through that podcast article uh, or their link, drop down menu, whatever. You can also take a look there. So, there you go. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it is fun to reminisce to see. Uh, like, I, I do that often. I'm just like, why did I say that? But you know, it's, it's, it's in the universe now. So, I can't yeah, I have to own it. So, Absolutely. all right. Um, you know the deal. Uh, we'll definitely do this again soon. This is it, so buckle up. Because this time next week, hopefully we have a different Raptors team. But regardless, we're going to have a lot to talk about. So appreciate you coming oh, on, man. It'll be a juicy one next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. For listening to the South of the Six podcast, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Jays and Raptors.